0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, November the 24th, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you every blessing. I wish you every good. I wish you every joy. And of course, those only come from one place, from the best place. And I am grateful, my friends, that you are with me today where we can break open God's word together. Uh, we're going to continue in the same vein, same gospel. We'll pick up exactly where we left off yesterday, if you recall. Uh, they've been in the temple. Now, remember, this is Holy Week, right? So this is Luke 21. Jesus has already come in uh, on the donkey on what we call Palm Sunday. Uh, he has already cleared the temple. Uh, he's already already created enemies in so doing. And now he sits in the temple and he's teaching. Uh, two days ago, he was looking at the offerings of the people. Right, talked about the offering of the widow. Uh, yesterday, he overheard the conversation about the beauty and the ornate stones uh, in the temple, and talked about what that meant. Well, today he's going to again have more uh, apocalyptic uh, rhetoric, and uh, and that makes perfect sense, right? Because our liturgical year ends this coming uh saturday it ends at dusk because that's when advent begins and our new liturgical year begins and not only does it make sense that it's going to be apocalyptic in that sense liturgically but it makes sense because jesus knows what is coming and he's trying to to warn the people uh, ahead of time and and what is coming of course is his passion and death but ultimately resurrection because they all are are opposite sides of the same coin. They're all part of that human condition. That's why we're involved. I mean, we can't just we can't just speed ahead to Easter Sunday. Passion and death are part of that too. And so these gospels, while they may be unsavory, they have something for us, brothers and sisters. So without further ado, let's break open that word. We're going to read it out of the USCCB website today, and that would be the NAB version. Uh, which is a pretty typical version that we hear in our Masses. It is Luke 21, verses 12 to 19. So let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the crowd, They will seize and persecute you, they will hand you over to the synagogues and to the prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you are not to prepare your defenses beforehand, for I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair in your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's a hard gospel to say praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? But again, remember, we're we're hearing apocalyptic language. It it can sound scary. And 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 in one sense, it is, brothers and sisters, because he's not. Jesus is not pulling any punches here. He sees prophetically. He, and prophetically doesn't mean uh, he's he's telling the future. He can read the signs of what is happening, and he knows that people who oppose leadership. He knows what road that goes down. So he sees his own demise in the, in the future. But what he also sees is, if we are followers of his, why would that road look any different for you and I? You know, there are people out there who, uh, who preach this prosperity gospel, this idea that if we are walking in the Lord's sight, uh, we are blessed uh, because of it and if we are not blessed uh something is we something is wrong with us and our walk brothers and sisters don't don't go look in there I mean if somebody says here go over here there's the gospel that's what they're preaching this is good news don't don't follow it it's heresy it's it's wrong why because because if if it happened to Jesus if if the the Paschal mystery is the passion, death, and resurrection. That that is the cycle through which we come to newness of life. Brothers and sisters, that same cycle is true for the followers of Jesus. And Jesus, to his credit, doesn't pull punches here. He's being honest with, this is what's going on. Now, now there's hope. Because his last words are, uh, okay, you'll be hated by all because of my name. That is not hopeful. Uh, but here we go. But not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Now, brothers and sisters, we have to know that doesn't mean we won't be martyred because that doesn't make any sense. Only a line or two before. He says, listen, you're going to be handed over by everybody you know, brothers, relatives, friends, family. It doesn't matter. They're going to get you. And some of you will be put to death. But by your own perseverance, you shall secure your life. So clearly, he's talking about life in a larger context here, right? He's talking about life in the context, not just of of human life, because... Some of us aren't going to be able to save that. Some of us will be martyred in the uh, in the persecution of Nero that Luke would have known of by by now, right? Because he's writing after it. So clearly we have to see it deeper. Now, we can look at that and say, well, by, by doing that, we secure our lives and save our lives for the kingdom of heaven, meaning the afterlife. Well, and in one sense, that's very true. But I think in another sense, brothers and sisters, Remember, Jesus is not just talking about the afterlife. In fact, most of what Jesus' ministry is not talking about the afterlife, even though there are afterlife uh, repercussions with that. He's talking about the here and now. So what does that mean for us here and now? It means, brothers and sisters, that we don't become um, the very thing we despise. It means we, we are able to hold our integrity and our dignity and 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 walk, right. Um, that to the end, we are true to who we are, and we can look in the mirror, or we can look at somebody else, and and we don't have to be uh, covered in a mask, or covered in a falsehood, or covered in something other than the truth. And the truth is, we are we are followers of Jesus Christ, and that preserves that life within us. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? If we take the truth of that away, he didn't just say he is the way and the life. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that we have to be honest with who we are and that life remains within us. Not just in for the afterlife, but in the here and now. You know, I, I'm, um, I love this... Uh, this reading, and, and when I was pondering it, I was thinking these things. You know, that um, idea that, you know, with the persecution that took place within Jerusalem, that uh, after, now this is after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, that the church, the early church was persecuted, and they and they came, and, and basically, uh, through the ministry of Paul and others, they obliterated it. And so what happened is, the early church scattered and it had the exact opposite effect of what that persecution was trying to do. It scattered along the, the seashore of the Mediterranean. And so there became to have, to have a church in, in Damascus or Antioch or, or in Corinth or in Philippi or in Rome, ultimately. Right? Because they scattered like seeds and they, and they grew there where they were. You know, uh, I, I think of the, the persecution of Nero. And, uh, and the blood of those martyrs, in fact, you can go to, don't, don't take my word for it, go back and, and read the writings of Josephus or other historians of the time, Pliny the Younger and all those, who talk about the blood of the martyrs and how these are different people that are going in there and, and going in there without fear, going in there with their heads held high. Uh, in front of whatever gladiator or lion or or other, however else death would meet them in that in that Coliseum and that not only earned the respect of the people it was probably the largest conversion tool of that the blood of martyrs brothers and sisters are what bring about new life you know today interestingly enough we celebrate a feast day and it's the feast of saint Anne I'm going to say this poorly, Andrew Dung Locke and Companions. And and really what it talks about is essentially in the early 19th century, from basically 1820 to 18, mid-1860s, uh, there were persecutions of the Vietnamese people. And over 100 to 300,000 of them either lost their lives or were put to hard labor. Why? Because of their faith. And what did that do? It cemented the next generation of people who were faithful. The first wave was against missionaries, and so a number of missionaries were killed. The second wave, I want to say it was around 1832 or 1834, was the, the next uh, prime minister or king or ruler in whatever sense they, they use, uh, said any Christian, uh, and not only any missionary would be killed, but anybody uh, following Christ. In fact, and, and so the way that you would discredit your faith is you had to step and walk on a crucifix, and uh, and just like in Ireland during the uh, English persecution of the faith, uh, what they did was the people, you know, had in their in their homes hiding places for people of faith in order to hide. And that persecution, you know, there was another one 15 years later. I want to say in the late 1840s of uh the next ruler then came on and said we're going to get rid of all these people of faith these christians these missionaries because they're siding with my son trying to overthrow my regime so again hundreds of thousand people but out of the blood of martyrs brothers and sisters the new life rose i really think that the question for us is and 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 really this is when we look in the mirror how closely are we willing to follow are we willing to 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 walk into that place? Uh, afraid, yes, but trusting. I want to close with this. It's a poem, uh, and it's a poem that uh, King George the Sixth read, uh, and and read it to the English people as they were entering into the war with Germany against Hitler. Uh, the storm clouds had risen, and everybody was fearful, of course. And he got on the radio before them, and and he. He actually quoted a poem by Minnie Louise Haskins, and it says this. The poem is called God Knows, by the way. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. Brothers and sisters, to follow Christ is to walk in the footsteps, uh, yes, of Holy Week. And that's a scary thing. But also of Easter Sunday and the ascension. And that's 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 what we are offered. And as this poem invites us, we can say, Lord, can you make sure, can you send me a billboard and make sure it's going to be okay, and, and, and I'll know I'm where I'm going, and I'll feel safer about that. And, and what God replies is, through this wonderful poem, take my hand. I'm going to walk with you. It's safer than any billboard or any flashlight could give you, and it's firmer. And yes, it may seem on occasion that everything is going wrong, but remember, I'm sure the church of Jerusalem felt everything was going wrong, but didn't realize that was the way that the faith was growing. I am sure the people in the Colosseum under Nero thought that that was the end, but it was anything but. Our God has a 50,000 foot view. We only have maybe a six foot view or five feet, depending on our height. Let's put our hand in the hand of the one who does know, and trust it's safer than any billboard or light can lead us. Let's pray. And so, my friends, we continue through um, the joyful mysteries, and we just put everything in the hands of God. Where, Where else do we want it? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The third joyful mystery, the Incarnation My friends, not sure if I'm going to have a pod for tomorrow or not. If we don't have one tomorrow, I think I'll have one for Friday. But uh, coin flip. So don't, uh, certainly don't get concerned. Either way, blessed Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for being present with me today and breaking open God's word. God's peace to you all.